his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Uh, feral swine are not native to the U.S., but in the early 1900s, uh, wild boar were introduced in some areas for hunting, and since then, their numbers have exploded. The population is estimated to be, again, this is like wild feral swine of mm-hmm. 6 million and rapidly expanded. They've been reported in 35 states, including recent sightings in Wisconsin and North Dakota, not yet in Minnesota, but officials are warning that feral swine could be on their way. Adam, as an outdoorsman, I don't, you know, feral swine can be very damaging to habitat. Uh, how concerned are you about the possibility of wild pigs coming to the state? I'm not, but it gives me an opportunity to blend two topics. Uh, one we <laughs> talked about yesterday and one about today. I didn't want to bring it up yesterday because I didn't want to advocate for this, but remember we talked about Tannerite yesterday? Yes! There is a video on the internet. You can find it if you want, but if you don't want to, don't where there is a group of feral pigs, and somebody put a bunch of tannerite in the ground, and all these pigs are kind of mingling about, and the person shoots the tannerite, and all these pigs just disintegrate. It's called tannerite hogs, if you you care to look that up. Again, I'm not advocating for that, but uh, no, these, and I don't, I think, you know, people hunt hogs, and I don't know, I don't know the difference between a boar a wild boar and a feral pig? I don't know. Maybe they're the same thing. Wait, are I don't these know enough dangerous? About it. Like, oh, they're do mean. They yes. You? yes. Yeah, I think they'll. Yeah, I think they can. I think they they're very aggressive pigs. They're aggressive, but I think the bigger threat is they will like destroy habitat, habitat, and farmland, and dig up your yard and all this yeah. stuff. I believe they're considered an invasive species in most areas, meaning Crazy. you can hunt them whenever, yeah, wherever, whenever. without you just a take license. Them out. You can just. You know, harvest them whenever you. I want. I mean, it provides an opportunity for people who just want to go kill pigs. I mean, I don't know, yeah. I guess. Do people eat them? Yeah, well, they're I pigs. So. Yeah, I know, but like they're feral, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Just, people eat wild turkeys. I think that just means they're wild, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Wow. Um, I have lots of questions. How did they get here? Well, they were, as I mentioned, took in a my boat. Take, I don't know. What they I, see, I wasn't listening <laughs> they introduced way. some for hunting, like for recreational hunting, uh, and well, then, then they, we're idiots. Yes. Why did we yep, do that? Yep, it's our own fault. Yeah. Pigs got after it. Yeah, Multiplied. right. They're in the rut. Is that what you call it with pigs? <laughs> right. Or do you call it porking? I, I, I think okay. it's probably something different. Well done. What did you? What did you? I missed the joke. I what said they're in the rut. Or do you call it porking? Jeez. <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually asked to hear that again. I yes, know. you did. That's my fault. You let her tell that terrible joke twice. <laughs> oh, Where's the b- b- Beltrami bomb? That's the <laughs> moment oh. for it. Come on, <laughs> blow it up. I don't have it. I don't have oh, it. I'll get you got to have that ready. Well, I'm right. doing quick takes. I'm very busy. 
Uh, hey, McDonald's is coming back to Dinky Town, Adam, as you're very excited about after it. Wait, why does he get two questions? He doesn't. I'm just making fun of him because he doesn't want to talk. He crapped about all it. over the McDonald's? Yes, because yeah. he doesn't want to hear about the McDonald's. Who I can, cares? You know, he's not here. I can just pot him down for a while you if you can. want. Uh, they've been gone for three years. They're coming back. Apparently, people used to call it Drunk Dawns when it opened in the 60s. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to open. No drive through digital service only. My real question, though, Jordana, because I also don't really care about the Dinky Town McDonald's. My question is, when you were in college and needed a late night oh, nosh, this is uh, a good one. what was your establishment of choice? Cosmos Pizza. Wow. Cosmo, I mean, that's where everybody went late night. It was New York. It was good pizza. I went to school in Syracuse. Uh, it was always Cosmos Pizza. And they were open late. It was a dollar a slice. Oh, and that was just when you're drunk and it's three in the morning after the bars close, that is the most delicious thing you could ever eat. So that's what it was. Thank you, Syracuse University. What yeah, about you guys? Uh, St. Peter didn't have, uh, didn't have a, great, uh, a great selection to choose from, but mm-hmm. we did have past t- – our friend Donna will chime in, I'm sure, because she lives in St. Peter. Uh, past Tense Pizza was a great pizza joint. Or we'd just go to Hardee's. They had like, it was like you could do two ham and cheese sandwiches for two bucks. But, and not a lot of great, like, specific things that I would have missed. Uh, use a Chinese food, too, was good, too. Mm. My, uh, and at Wisconsin, I hear about Ian's Pizza. I don't know if you guys have been there, but Marley's there now. And she said, late night for all of you uh, Badgers, uh, Ian's Pizza, that's where they go late night. Uh, we've been hearing all morning about the dust-up at the Timberwolves game last night, but the Timberwolves did beat the Warriors in that game 104-101. to Don't look now, but the Wolves are 8-2 and after 10 games, riding a seven-game winning streak. Wow. Adam, are the Wolves for real? Yes, they are for real. Uh, this is the longest win streak since 2004, I think I heard on the news. And in 2004, I believe that's when your Wolves went to the Western Conference Finals, that's the right. farthest they've ever advanced. Ever. So could this be the, we talked about it, yes, you know, like we've been burned before by the Wolves team, but I do think, and I think the big difference is, I don't think I know what it is, it's Rudy Gobert. Rudy, last year, was like a shell of what he, we expected from him. And this year, you know, he went to the darkness retreat. He went to the same darkness retreat that Aaron Rodgers went to in Oregon, I think it is, or something like that. He actually stayed in the same room that Aaron Rodgers stayed in. They had to get a bigger bed because Rudy's seven foot one. <laughs> but there was a true story. There's a big article about how he went to this darkness retreat and committed to, you know, committed to his game, and he has been the difference. Rudy Gobert, man, and he was part of the dust-up last night, and he had some very funny comments about Draymond Green that are quite accurate. And that's the difference, I think, in Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, you know, First couple of games, we wondered about Carl Anthony Towns. So people saying, oh, can't wait to trade him in the offseason. He showed up the last few games, too. So, you know, they're going to have ebbs and flows this season. You're going to have certain times of the year where they're going to probably lose a few. But, you no, know, I think this is the best Timberwolves team we've seen in quite a long time. Did he do ayahuasca, too, when he was at that darkness retreat? No, that was a different deal. deal. That well, was a different, different. I don't okay. think that's included in the oh, darkness retreat package. Yeah. You guys think we should go? The show would be way better. Right, maybe I'm not doing it. it. I'd lose my mind after about four hours. Being no chance dark. could I do that. How long do they have to stay? It's like 36 time? hours. Oh, and they, no phones, and it's complete darkness, and they drop off the food like in, at your door. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, no. 
It's voluntary solitary confinement, basically. Yeah. Hmm. I'm out. No deal. Uh, hey, Poor pop- David, you're really coughing. You I know. I got this nagging cough. No, yeah. I don't. I Everybody's just, got a cold now. Yeah, there's just crud. I'm sorry, honey. Uh, hey, a popular state program helping Minnesotans create pollinator habitat will return next year with a new funding boost from lawmakers. It's called Lawns to Legumes, administered by Minnesota Board of Water and Soil Research. Is it legumes or legumes? Leg- legumes. 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 Beans, right? Who knows? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, basically, it's a grant offering residents up to $400 uh, to start a pollinator habitat in their own yard. There's already been 3,500 habitats started in the state. Jordana, would you ever consider doing this, turning some of your green grass into a pollinator garden with help from the state? Okay, so, so just to be clear, like a pollinator garden, you're attracting bees to yep, the front so it's yard, like, is that right? Yes, yeah. and I think the idea is you're introducing native plants that the mm-hmm. pollinators would have had on your plot a long time ago, and you've, right. you've destroyed them all and put green grass, and now we're going to bring some of those wildflowers and other plants back to help the pollinators. Um, I think that this is a great idea. I don't love being around bees. <laughs> um, and Mark is so insane with the lawn that I don't think he would like it to be wild. He likes the mowed lawn. It's very soothing when it's, you know, uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Chemically induced uniformity in yeah. the grass. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Fertilizing. Killing mm-hmm. the environment. Mm-hmm. Wasting so much mowing. Yes. All the excess goes right into Cedar Lake yep. and Being kills the fish. Being awful for the yep. environment. Yeah, yeah, that's us. Yep. That's okay. us. 100%. <laughs> this is one, though, that, like, if your neighbor does this, like, that would cause a little strife, I think, in the neighborhood. Like, oh, geez, Jerry's going, he's going wild. organic. He's got all the natural, and his yard looks like crap, and now there's bees everywhere. Leave Get a off little my tension. lawn. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know that it's for me, but I do applaud people that do it. And um, I know that's a total cop-out. Sure is. Total cop-out because this is me not wanting to save the environment and have us all die. But um, I don't know that I'm taking that leap. I think composting would be my next step, but I don't think I'm doing the bees. Have you started composting yet? No, I haven't. I said that's the next step. I'm vegan right now. I'm Composting is next. I'm trying, David. My God. Here's a, you know, if you want to compost, here's somebody chimed in about our feral pig conversation and the, the tannerite blowing up pigs. Domestic pigs are one of the strange animals that go feral very easily. They're also incredibly smart. So to effectively eliminate them, you need to take out a whole pack at once or they'll adapt to their behavior and avoid... <laughs> Predators. The Tannerite video might be graphic, but it was necessary, <gasps> says the texter. I, do I have to watch the Tannerite video? Is it really gross? I think so, yeah. Is that something I need to... Okay. I mean, they just kind of poof into midair. So Oof. Um, hey, when we get back, I would like <laughs> to talk about something a little more positive. Are you still kosher we, after you watch that video? Pigs <laughs> exploding. Yeah, for sure. Are you kidding me? Um, we've been accused of being very negative. We started off the show talking about physical violence have you heard of micro acts of joy, Adam? Micro acts of joy. Oink, oink, oink. <laughs> All right, that's it. Go to commercial. Is that a micro act I, of joy? I can't, uh, this, we have gone off the rails. That's turning my mic off. See, music. Music, music, music is an instant music. way to change your mood, your mood. And Stevie Greenberg, local boy, uh, obviously it wrote Funky Town. Lip sync. Yeah. Uh, so he... 
a fun thing. When you hear Funky Town, like it's hard not to move your body a little bit, smile a little bit. I mean, who doesn't want right. to go to Funky Town? We even if wanna, you, yeah, even if you don't like the song, it's kind of hard to like not move to it. So the reason I mention this is because we need a little ray of sunshine. We need rainbows and unicorns and you know Jordana's fairy tale um, utopia. I read this today, and I thought, oh, this is a perfect show for this. Can little actions bring joy? They're called micro-acts of joy, and they can boost well-being. We're talking about very little things, like thinking about literally thinking about something you're grateful for, waking up and saying, oh, so glad I woke up this morning. I know that's really simple and maybe the only thing you might be grateful for, but thinking about that, acknowledging that can bring more joy into your life and make you more positive. Now, remember, Adam, this is work. This is the 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 effort you're putting in on a path to being a more positive, a more calm, a less yeah. violent person, which is exactly what we were talking about with the fight last night at the at the Timberwolves game and the fight in the Senate Hall and the MMA battle that Bernie Sanders had to bring <laughs> up or break up, excuse me, in a committee meeting. But please, <clears throat> please, this is a Senate hearing. Right. It's because maybe we are not or maybe a step to calming down these reactions are tiny little acts of micro joy or they called micro acts of joy. Uh, and, and they're not even as extreme as visiting a sick neighbor. They're something doing something nice. For example, Adam, remember when you were on the line at the Walgreens? You remember mm-hmm. this and yep. the guy cut in front of you? Had he just said, oh, no, 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 you go first. Yep. That is a micro act of joy. Yes, of course, the other ones are things like meditation, always looking on the bright side, turning the other cheek. I mean, volunteering. Yeah, those are, I would say, those are macro acts. Those are super big things. But this is just the littlest. Letting somebody go in front of you in a traffic. You know, when, I yes. mean, and honestly, you will, if you do that, friends, and come on, don't tell me you don't, you're going to be like, I'm awesome. I am so nice. It gives you a boost. Yeah, that I just let that person. Giving somebody a compliment. By the way, that's free and it takes about three seconds. Nice shirt is a micro act of joy. And Mm -hmm. that, be careful. You know, you don't want to go up to your coworker and say nice ass. Be careful with those. You know, wow, your your rack looks hot today. Don't say that. (laughs) At least not to your coworker. Maybe your wife. Gosh, you have big breasts. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a compliment. But just no, that's say, harassment. You know, your ass looks great in those jeans. I don't know. But if it's your wife, you know, she might like that. Or your husband, he might like that. It can mm-hmm. go both ways. But have you ever tried this, the, the micro acts of joy? Yes, I was just thinking yes. that. In fact, you brought that up about the guy who cut in front of me at Walgreens. If he would have just acknowledged, he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I would have said, you know what? Go ahead. No big deal. Exactly. Would have given you an opportunity to do a micro act. You both would have felt better about the interaction. And all would. And again, it's flame, fl- flowers, rainbows, unicorns, uh, w- utopia. Done. Like that's a, I do that when I hold doors for people. There you go. There you go. But at the same time, I like to be recognized for that. Oh. So if I hold the door and somebody just walks right through and doesn't like look at me or acknowledge me, then I'm like, well, fail. Hashtag fail. It didn't mm-hmm. work. But, but, but it's but for I you, want the gratification. Not, right. And and maybe and maybe that's part of the work we're supposed to be doing as humans to be more evolved. Yeah. Do it without expecting the gratification and understand that yes. if somebody doesn't say thank you, I mean that's on them. They're a yeah. jerk. Because nothing to do with you. You still did a nice thing mm-hmm. whether or not you got the thank you. Uh so I don't know, 
was it was a fun thing to think about this morning as we led into the show with acts well, of violence. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, a lot of people have little things that they do like that. Like so, like yeah, a great one example of that is yeah, if you if you've got a cart full of stuff and there's somebody comes behind you in line and has like three things, that's an easy one. Hey, go ahead, man. Like you know, you got. Totally. I think we all probably have little totally. things we do mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. where. It, totally. We don't. And I guess my my holding the door is a bad example because I like people to acknowledge that. But something where you don't care if you're acknowledged, mm-hmm. that you just do it mm-hmm. just to make you feel better. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can be selfish that way. That's a good way to be selfish. And and researchers say part of it, it I mean, it is selfish. It's setting an intention. I'm going to do something nice because it makes you feel better. It doesn't yeah. really matter about the other person. And your, your, your <laughs> job is not to make them feel better. It's to make you feel better and have this kind of calm. Texter says, Jor, maybe not rolling your eyes at people in your way at the St. Louis Park Costco. I have seen you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Called out. Well, if you I guys think you were there yesterday. Costco's I think she saw a, you yesterday. That's a, it's a bad place to try to do those little acts of joy. You, Costco you know, is a madhouse You sometimes. know how I feel about oh. the Costco in St. Louis Park. The parking lot they're all, is they're a all like that. trap. They're all like that. And... The, honestly, if you're moving slowly, nobody wants to be in the Costco any longer than they have to because it's such a huge ordeal. And I'm sorry about the eye rolling, but if I, you know how I feel about slow walkers at the fair at Costco? Move along, friends. Remember, I'm from New Jersey. I can't hide that much. Yeah. Costco's a hellhole when it comes to like human kindness. I good go good luck in there. Yeah, good go luck. Today. Except the people that work there are super nice. Yes, And I agreed. always am nice to the people who are checking out the receipt just because, uh, you know, that's a job they have to do. And, you know, you chat with them. And, uh, no, I, I'm sorry that I rolled my eyes at you. Next time, say, Jor, don't roll your eyes at me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I feel bad now. I'm terrible at this, doing little acts of kindness because it's it's so easy and I want to. But I find myself, you know, you're out doing errands or driving around and you just get frustrated with people like you were talking about. But the one thing I've been able to do is I shop at the Aldi by my house where you put a quarter in the cart and then you take your cart and shop. And after I, I've gotten in the habit of after I put all my groceries in my car, I've got this cart that I can bring back for a quarter. But instead I just go find somebody that needs a cart and give it to them and don't take the quarter. And what does that cost me? Nothing. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a quarter. I, I don't care about the quarter, but I find myself driving away from Aldi every time going, Oh, like that. That was for me. That felt good to do that. Wait a minute. Uh, so at all the you you have to have a depo- like a security deposit to yeah, use a cart. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's so great because then they don't great. need. Then everyone puts their cart back. Mm-hmm. Well, and they don't should. need to pay somebody to. Yes, they don't the have cart. to pay, and then so your groceries are cheaper because they don't have to hire a cart. Again, person. that's it's another fantastic. example of hu- as human beings, we should be able to put our carts back and not need. Oh, I gotta get my quarter back. Some- <laughs> like, uh, so be satisfying. a good person. Though. That's satisfying when you take but the that's, car when and you get the quarter. Get the quarter back. Yeah, it's well, that's an example of something that I've done. I'll be, if I'm in a parking lot and see a, just a cart sitting there, it's like, oh, I'll put that in the cart. And that's a, a micro act of there joy that should make you feel yes. good and, and keep or it Or take up. the garbage out of the cart that some clown has put thought it was a garbage dump, mm-hmm. and oh, I'll just leave all my bags and uh, coupon books in here. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a garbage can. I'm going to stop rolling my eyes at people at Costco. I yeah, feel bad now that. that I rolled my eyes at somebody. They put a poster up of you in there, like warning people I know. about you. I've warning, this bee is on the loose. Get out yeah. of her way at Costco. I feel bad now. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be awful, but I don't know. All right, we got to take a break. Because- yeah.
Are we so the chief? Uh, are we, I, I'm not sure. Tap dancing for the chief. Well, right. let's do an on-air show meeting here, David. What's the situation? Uh, um, We're supposed to talk to Minneapolis police chief. Yeah, we expect the police chief in the next five to ten minutes. Well, let's break now, okay. and we'll have him shortly. Sounds good. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully, uh, Chief O'Hara next. 40%. uh, That's what the ranks of the Minneapolis Police Department are down since uh, George Floyd was murdered. uh, And then the civil unrest that followed. 40%. We've talked many, many times about efforts to get more cops on the street in Minneapolis. And uh, Chief Brian O'Hara has talked to us about that on several different occasions. Well, a plan was reached last week between the union and the city uh, that would have put some incentives, financial incentives, for new hires and current officers. And yesterday, after we were off the air, the Minneapolis City Council uh, refused to even hear uh, that plan. They voted to not even discuss it. Uh, So we welcome Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara into the conversation. He joins us on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. Chief, thank you so much, as always, for the time. When you hear yesterday that that vote happens, uh, your reaction to that? Uh, Good morning. Thank you for having me. you know, I, I, I understand, uh, you know, some of the council members had frustrations with how they learned of the process and, and kind of how it was rolled out. Um, but for me and for the police officers that are here, um, this is something that had been spoken about with them over the course of months. Um, it's something that several months ago there was first a proposal before the union. Uh, so that the cops have been hearing about this for months while they continue to watch the department get smaller. Um, so while, of course, we respect uh, you know, the political process and how things have to work out, it's clearly something that's uh, frustrating, to say the least, and just disappointing for our members. Hey, Chief, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. So tell us about that. You know, it's frustrating for the, the, the police it's frustrating to see their numbers dwindling. How are you guys doing it every day on the street? What are your greatest challenges, and what do you need the people of Minneapolis to know to so you can get the funding? This is a forum. Tell us what's going on because we're not in the city council meetings, at, you know, always. What do you need? 
So, so the department is about 40% smaller than it was just three years ago. Um, and that is not evenly distributed across the ranks. So obviously different units uh, had to collapse and disappear. Um, and some components are smaller uh, by 50% or more than they had been just three years ago. So how, thing, how are we getting by? Um, it's just by the resilience of the, the, that 60% of the department that remain here. Um, I, I feel like at times there's been, you know, uh, in some ways, incentives for some of the members to leave. And many of them have left for various reasons. Um, just, like, just like so many residents here, it's been incredibly traumatizing uh, to live through the destruction of the city uh, and things that have happened. Um, and frankly, they've just been up against uh, a lot of negativity um, and have just been struggling with a lot of negative mindsets. Um, and, and I think the reality is this is the toughest job in policing in America today. I mean, they're clearly overworked, um, you know, understaffed, and certainly uh, under the highest level of scrutiny of officers anywhere. So it, it, it's difficult, um, you know, with all of that negativity um, to, to tell folks that they need to still uh, need to still be here when there's in some ways incentives for them to go off and do something else completely or go to quite frankly go to another agency and an easier job. Uh, but I think a lot of our officers, uh, you know, have 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 gotten good perspective. I think they're incredibly dedicated to the people uh, of this city and to each other. Because we can't all leave because then, you know, who's going to be here for the 400,000 residents and who's going to be here for each other when another officer calls for help? We're talking to uh, Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara. And the deal that was announced last week, it, it pulls from a, a, some state funds, $19 million pool of state funds, that would give $18,000 to eligible officers over the next two and a half years as well as $15,000 in incentive bonuses for new hires. Uh Talk about that money, and uh, would that be enough to keep a lot of these officers you're talking about uh, in Minneapolis, keep them from going to other communities? Well, I mean, frankly, I don't think it's enough. Um, It's something. I think it will keep some people here. Uh, But I think the reality is that, uh, you know, this this is the most difficult job that there is. Um, and, you know, we need to ensure that the pay uh, reflects that as well. You know, the contract's been expired for almost a year. I know that's been very frustrating for our members. Um, but, you know, I, I think this is something. It's an initial step. I know when we were first talking about incentives to get people here, uh, the number was much higher. Um, this, is, this is what the agreement uh, has, has been, well, you know, became between the city and the federation. Uh, I'm confident that it will keep some people here. I know, uh, you know, half a dozen officers that we're talking about possibly coming over uh, from other agencies, specifically if this went through. So I know it's something. It's not going to solve the com- the problem completely, um, but we got to realize, like we are at a crisis point in staffing, and we just got to start taking taking actions. Uh, staffing and also policy. I just want to move to this case. Um, about Cecil Wayman. Minneapolis police pulled over this guy for a broken headlight. And while he was driving home, this happened back in August. And the reason we're talking about this case is because um, in a search of the vehicle, there was a firearm 
that he yeah. wasn't allowed to have. Okay, and he was yeah. charged with being a felon because he was a previous felon as well as on the uh, level three sex offender list. wasn't allowed to possess a gun, uh, but he did have one. The case has since been dismissed, and he was yeah. released from jail because the the new rule is that police are not allowed to pull over cars for just a broken headlight. Protectional stops. Yep. Yeah, protectional stops. So do is this change in policy making your job a lot harder? And I just want to hear your thoughts on that case. So first off, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to try and bring some facts into this situation. Yes, it's very frustrating. You know, the Star Tribune and other media outlets here are very reckless when it comes to facts. A lot of times it seems like they have a story, they have a narrative written, and then they like to pick and choose which facts they want to insert to uh, you know, get the perspective. It's almost like you're reading an opinion piece and not actual news. So we have a settlement agreement, which some people call a consent decree mm-hmm. with the state. It is very specific on how the city must implement the requirements of that agreement. Those requirements to be not, do not become mandatory and binding by magic overnight. The city is required to go through a process of community engagement, get feedback, get policies drafted, then ultimately approved by the, by the MVHR, by the city, and then again presented to community before then training is developed to actually implement those policies. So when we read this article that the Minneapolis police, three days after the settlement agreement was signed, violated the rules, that's a flat-out lie. And it's a shame that there isn't more of an interest in trying to get facts out, because it's very, very specific in the settlement agreement of how we are supposed to implement the requirements of that agreement. That being said, it is totally upon the prosecutor's office here, the county attorney's office, on how they want to how they want to charge how they want to bring justice in individual cases and it's their decision if they feel like uh for whatever reason they don't want to charge or they want to dismiss charges that is their decision to make but it is totally disingenuous to try and assert that those police officers violated the settlement agreement as if those conditions became instantaneously rules overnight I agree with you 100%, Chief. I read that article yesterday, and I, I saw that. I said, okay, this was three, da- three days after it was made. And look, it, it is clear that policing needed and needs to change in Minneapolis, and I get that. And I know those rules are put in place for a reason. But that's what I thought when reading that. It's like, you know, you don't just flip a switch, and every officer in the department knows exactly what the new rules are. Furthermore, I look at this case as okay, this is the poster boy, for lack of a better word, that we're using as a as a, right. a as an example of somebody who was wronged when you know God he has forbid a violent criminal history. Adam. God forbid something happens with this guy in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, then some some other folks would have to answer for that. Yeah. And also, Chief, you mentioned you know media outlets not being interested in the truth. We are, and and we're glad yeah. you're I- joining us. And talking about this because you're right, facts can get skewed and there are often nuances and we are seeing a lot of crimes maybe go unprosecuted or under prosecuted in Minneapolis. And I don't know that this was the backlash that people wanted from the fallout of the murder of George Floyd. I mean, it's a work in progress and I know there is a lot to be done, but this did seem like an egregious um uh, maybe failure of putting a criminal back on the street. Yeah, I don't know uh, all the facts of that case. I know what I read. I know, you know, 
obviously there was uh, the issue was raised about the settlement agreement, so I can only speak to you know what I am aware. Uh, and again, that's uh, th- those are decisions that are for prosecutors to make, right. not for police officers. But to try and say that we violated the consent decree, the settlement agreement, or that we're not playing by the rules is just ridiculous. Uh, lastly, Chief, uh, before we let you go, and I know you've uh, talked to the Star Tribune about this case and, and to others, but this is the first chance we've had a chance to talk to you since the decision last week. Just let our listeners know why Amy Linson is the right person to head the homicide unit. You know, given her past, it was brought up that she sent a, a forwarded an email back in 2012 that was racist. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that, you know, promoting her, putting her in that position goes against efforts to make the department accountable if people see it that way? No. Um, so the email was sent, I believe, March or April of 2012. Um, she was not the only person that is an employee of the city or the police department that was involved in that. Um, there are probably a couple dozen others uh, employees that were involved. Uh, she was the only person who actually forwarded the email. Um, and it was very clear in my reasoning uh, when I, I, I you know, uh, resolved the case with a written reprimand seven or eight months ago I did so intentionally so that written reprimand would be public. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time when I issued it, uh, Dina Winter from the Minnesota Refor- Reformer covered it, uh, yeah. you know, very, you know, very, very, very matter-of-factly when I did. Um, and, and my issue with that was, you know, essentially this to me is a case of group behavior um, that we're obviously single- singling out one person. She had been suspended from duty for over a year. Um, and, you know, I, from everything that I saw, you know, she had been promoted years ago. She's mm-hmm. been a lieutenant. Rondo is the person that made her a lieutenant. So yep. for the paper to say she was promoted is another lie. Um, and she continued to have, you know, an outstanding career over the course of the decade. You know, the, the whole purpose of discipline is to correct behavior. Mm-hmm. The email that she forwarded was insensitive. But that's all that she did. She forwarded it one time, which is also not what the the Star Tribune initially printed. She forwarded it one time without comment. And it does not erase the now 11 years of her career that she's had since then. Uh, and that the fact that she has been an outstanding employee and the vacancy over over homicide has come because, again, we've lost 40 percent of the department. And I chose to promote to the rank of commander our most senior police officer, Richard Zimmerman, who is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, the community loves him, uh, and he's just an incredible role model. He should have been promoted years ago. So mm-hmm. because I promoted him, there was a lieutenant's position now vacant in homicide. So what I did was Lieutenant Linson had been shooting this, supervising the shooting response team. I told her from now on you got to supervise both. So I gave her additional work because uh, shooting investigations are almost the same as homicide investigations, except, you know, the, obviously the person dies. The victims, the, the circumstances are all very similar. So she is the best person the department has uh, for the job. She remains an employee in good standing, and quite frankly, she got, she got additional work, and the city should be getting our money's worth out of her. And I think she's the best person for the job. We're speaking with Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara. Chief, before we let you go, Adam and I started the show talking about some acts of, I guess, mild violence in the Senate, in Congress, people, you know, senators elbowing each other, Bernie Sanders trying to break up an MMA match that was challenged uh, in a committee. Even at the Timberwolves game last night, uh, there was a fight. I mean, it's crazy what's going on. And I asked our listeners... 
has violence ever solved anything? And you know what? We heard some good stories about someone beating up a bully or, you know, pushing back where then they were not bothered anymore. And I know I don't think I don't think you're going to get the chief to agree that violence solves problems. That's my question. He's from Jersey. (laughs) I want to know. And we we have watched the video of you run down a suspect and tackle him and get him into custody for the benefit of Minnesota. So, Chief, you got a story you want to share with us where maybe it did solve something? No, I, I, I don't have any story I would share. I would tell you, I would tell my sons, though, you know, just like the example you gave, you got to stand up for yourself. Yep. Fair Absolutely. enough. Fair enough. Thank and you for Within legal that. bounds. Within legal bounds, Chief. Right. Well, you know, there, there is this craziness in Congress, but it's yeah. not like it's the first time in our history that's happened, right? Yep. That's Correct. True. Absolutely not. All right. I, I, I grew up close to where uh, Aaron Burr killed Alexander That's Hamilton right. on the banks of the Hudson River. That's right. A duel. That's right. A Good duel. history. Yeah. I get it. Uh, Chief, thanks for thanks, playing Chief. along. We, we so appreciate right. these talks. Thanks for having me. You appreciate got it. it. You got it. I was hoping he'd give us a story, but I figured maybe the police chief of Minneapolis wasn't going to share the time, you know, he might have beat the crap out of somebody. I got a feeling uh, he's not happy with the Star Tribune. That's all I have. I've just got a a feeling from that interview. He's got some problems with the Star Tribune. But I love that about him, right? He just put it out there. I get it. I get it. All right. Um, David says we got to take a break. We'll uh, react to the interview next. 10.56, 10.56, that is the Lindus Construction Time Check. Time to request a complimentary heat map analysis to see if your home is as energy efficient as it should be. Lots uh, of information there with the chief. And I will say this, I understand his frustration with the Star Tribune, but I read that article and I felt like they did present in that article that you know it was only three days after the changes went into mm-hmm. effect. I felt like they do. weren't trying to suggest that that was, should have been automatic, but I get his frustration. I get his frustration. I get frustrated with the Star Tribune. I get frustrated with media. I mean, yep. that's that's okay. We're human, and I'm glad he expressed his thoughts. We're allowed to rail against something that mm-hmm. we disagree with. Absolutely. So yep. um, I love the chief because he's so – it's just honest. You know, yep. he's just like, let me lay it out for you and tell you how I really feel. So I appreciate interviews like that, unlike politicians who come on and just give Same you talking other. points. Right. Uh, when we get back, we're going to speak with my friend Julie Burton. Julie was one of the 290,000 people, and she's a dear friend who was at that rally for Israel yesterday along with my child. Talk to her next. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. (laughs) 
And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.